Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire pickups going into week six of the NFL season. So I'm going to break it down position by position, talk about five quarterbacks, five running backs, five wide receivers, five tight ends, and five defenses that you guys should look out for on your waiver wire. Keep in mind that these players are not listed in any order, just because every roster is going to need a different type of player. And then while you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. You can ask me any fantasy football related question down below, and I'll be responding to every single comment. But let's just get right into the waiver wire targets, starting it off with the running back position. And I think this guy right here should probably be one of the top overall pickups, and that is Devontae Booker currently owned in 3.8% of leagues, and he would be a top pickup because we all saw that Saquon Barkley ankle injury. Supposedly, it is just a low ankle sprain, and he is week to week. It looked really bad on the sideline. You know, that picture was circulating of it just looking super, super swollen. Even if it is week to week, you still have a guy here in Devontae Booker who you could feel confident plugging into your lineup for however long Saquon Barkley is out. And you really can't say that about any of the other running backs who are probably going to be on your waiver wire. After Saquon Barkley left the game, Booker received 16 carries and four targets. He also had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. So they basically gave him that workhorse role. So he's someone you should definitely be putting your waiver claim on. And then honestly, the position here gets really thin. The next guy I have here is going to be Alex Collins, owned in 42% of leagues. He is Chris Carson's backup, so the number two running back in Seattle, and he is on here because Carson missed week five. I would expect Carson to be back in week six, but there is a chance he's not, and if Carson misses again, then Alex Collins is a startable player operating as the number one, especially with Russell Wilson down. They're probably going to be relying on this run game much more than they have this season, so just someone to keep your eye on, especially once we find out more about Chris Carson's health. Next up, it's Samaje Pirine, owned in just under 35% of leagues. He was picked up a lot recently due to Mixon's low ankle sprain. He is obviously Mixon's backup. He scored 18.3 points here in week five. He really didn't see a ton of opportunities because him and Mixon were splitting carries. He did see the majority of the touches because they were kind of easing Mixon back. He definitely was not 100%. And so if you're a Mixon owner, I think Pirine can be a very solid handcuff because you do know if Mixon goes down, Pirine's probably just going to take over that massive workload that Mixon had. The fourth guy here, David Johnson. Honestly, not super excited about picking up David Johnson. He's owned in 36.7% of leagues. He is the Texans receiving back. So you have Mark Ingram getting the majority of the carries. Philip Lindsay is kind of all over the place. David Johnson is the receiving guy. Five receptions for 46 yards here in week five against the Patriots. And, you know, a kind of a bright spot here. The Texans offense did look improved. They moved the ball well, put up some points on this Patriots defense, which is definitely no small feat. So if you are in very deep leagues and David Johnson is out there, you know, a potential pickup. Then the last guy here seems to make this video every single week. It's going to be Kenneth Gainwell, owned in 36.2% of leagues. He basically did nothing here in week five, but he is still averaging 10 points per game. That's in PPR scoring, and he's a solid Sanders handcuff if you are a Miles Sanders owner. 
There's one last running back I want to talk about here, and he's not listed here on the graphic, but it's going to be Daryl Williams. In the Sunday night football game, we saw CEH go down with what looked like a knee injury. You know, he could barely walk, definitely did not look good. We don't know the severity of that. And I'm recording this, you know, just after the game. So there's not a ton of reports coming out about what that injury is. But if it is serious, if he's supposed to miss any time, then Daryl Williams also has to be a top tier pickup. Honestly, up there with Devontae Booker, you know, depending on the severity of CEH's injury. So keep an eye out on that as well, because getting an RB1 on a team like the Chiefs, even if they don't use the running backs a ton, is still just so valuable, especially if you can get it off of waivers. But let's pivot here to the wide receiver position. And I'm going to start it off with two Cardinals wide receivers. The first one is going to be Rondell Moore, who is owned in 38.2% of leagues. And the second one is going to be Christian Kirk, owned in 28.6% of leagues. So for Moore, he really is just an all-around playmaker. In week five, he was targeted six times, had three carries, and also had a pass attempt. This is exactly what you want to see from Rondell Moore. You know, coming into this game, we didn't know if he was going to be getting the opportunities on this offense. You do already have a lot of weapons, but if the Cardinals are going to use him creatively, that should definitely help his value in the long term. And then for Christian Kirk, he's had some up and down games, but still through five weeks, he is averaging 12.5 points per game. Then let's move on to Tim Patrick. And I think he has made this video every single week. He is owned in just under 30% of leagues. He's averaging 12.8 points per game. And his second worst game this season in terms of fantasy scoring was 12.7. So he has just been a very consistent and reliable option at the wide receiver position and really still seems to just be underlooked moving forward. The third guy here is going to be Kadarius Toney. He is still only owned in 10.7% of leagues, and I don't think this production is going to carry on throughout the entire season. You know, he has had a great two games without Shepard and Slayton in that wide receiver room. In the last two games, he's averaging 21.8 points per game, 10 receptions for 189 yards, in week five. So even though I don't think this is going to continue throughout the entire season, you still have Shepard, Slayton, and now Galladay dealing with injuries. So Tony has a legit shot to go into week six as the potential number one wide receiver on this team. And if that's the case, he would be a totally solid start. So someone to definitely keep your eye on as well as the other injuries to those Giants players. Then we have Amon Ross St. Brown owned in under 5% of leagues. And he's someone I was really interested in coming into the season. I thought he had a legit shot to be the wide receiver one for this Lions team. And it's taken some time, but he may truly start to be breaking out here. He's received eight targets in back-to-back games. You love to see that volume, especially on offenses that aren't going to score a lot of points. So that's 13.3 points per game the last two games. If he can keep this up, that'd be really great to see because on these bad offenses, I want a guy who's getting that volume, and if we can get Amon Ra consistent touches, he's definitely a nice wide receiver to have on your roster. And then the last guy here is going to be Marquez Callaway. I also loved him coming into the season. He is wildly underperformed in my opinion. He's owned in under 40% of leagues, but he went out, had a really nice week five, four receptions for 85 yards and two touchdowns caught an awesome Hail Mary pass too. That's really what we've seen out of him, that big playability, just not a lot of volume. The thing here is the Saints do have a week six bye, 
so you wouldn't be able to plug him into your lineup then. Also, we don't know when Michael Thomas is going to return. He would be eligible to return in week seven if he was ready. We don't know if he's ready to go, but if he's not, after the bye week, these Saints have a stretch of very weak secondaries, which is something that Marquez Callaway could potentially exploit. Now let's move on to the quarterback position, and I'm going to start it off here with Trey Lance. He is owned in exactly 35% of leagues, and this was overall a very underwhelming start here in week five. He didn't play great. He didn't light it up. You know, he didn't really fill out the fantasy football stat sheet, but you could totally see the upside. And what I liked was that he didn't look good passing. He didn't throw for a passing touchdown, but he still put together, you know, a respectable overall performance. And the reason for that is because he carried the ball 16 times for 89 yards. You want these Russian quarterbacks on your team. I have them in a lot of leagues as a backup because I typically don't draft quarterbacks early and often. You know, I have a lot of teams with quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Brady has played amazing, but I still think having a backup like Trey Lance really doesn't hurt, especially maybe if your quarterbacks are a little bit weaker. Then I have Daniel Jones here as well, owned in 43.5% of leagues. And this may seem weird because he was knocked out of the game with a concussion. He still could potentially play in week six, and he was really just lighting it up this season, averaging 23.5 points per game before this week five performance. So really, if he's healthy, he should be rostered in over 50% of leagues, which is the cutoff for this video. Then we have a guy who showed out in London this morning, Matt Ryan, owned in 29.5% of leagues, and he has kind of quietly put together back-to-back solid performances. He put up 29 points in week four, and then 21.6 here in week five, and that was with no Calvin Ridley and no Russell Gage. So maybe this Atlanta Falcons offense is coming around a little bit, and hopefully Matt Ryan can continue that solid production moving forward. Fourth here, we have Taylor Heineke, owned in 12.5% of leagues. And honestly, this was kind of a tough week for a lot of these waiver wire quarterbacks. You know, a lot of them had really solid starts to the season. Guys like Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke here, and then the guy Sam Darnold I'm going to talk about next. But Heineke, prior to week five, was averaging 23.1 points per game in his three starts. Then he didn't play well here on Sunday in a very tough matchup against the Saints, but still a potential pickup moving forward. And then the last guy here, I already mentioned him, Sam Darnold, owned in just under 50% of leagues. Very, very rough week five, only put up six points. If you started him, that honestly probably cost you this week. But before this week, his worst game on the season was 18.9 points. So this game really was an outlier. Maybe with Christian McCaffrey coming back soon, it kind of balances out this offense, take some pressure off of Sam Darnold. Now let's shift to the tight end position. And honestly, per usual, the tight end options here are not fantastic. One guy who's been pretty solid here is going to be Hunter Henry, owned in 35.6% of leagues. He has actually improved in points every single week of the season. So he's just continued to produce at a higher and higher and higher level. He's gotten into the end zone the past two weeks and is averaging 16.4 points per game the last two games. So you really like to see Hunter Henry trending in a positive direction. Then we have a major breakout game here from David Njoku, owned in just over 1% of leagues. Just a monster performance here in week five. Seven receptions for 149 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Honestly, 
Do I think he's going to keep this up or even keep up fantasy relevant numbers? Probably not, but he is a very solid player who could have these boom weeks. Next up, it is Tyler Conklin, owned in 22.8% of leagues, and he basically did nothing here in week five, but he is still averaging five targets a game on the season in a good offense. So that's really what you're going to be getting here on the waiver wire. Then we have Dan Arnold, who's an interesting player here, owned in just over 1% of leagues. He started the season on the Panthers, was moved to the Jaguars. He didn't really have much time before he played in his first game in week four on Thursday Night Football, but they did have him in there playing right away. So I do think they really like him. And then he came in, made another quick impact in week five, was targeted eight times, six receptions for 64 yards. He did lose a fumble, but I mean, to get that kind of volume that quickly is pretty impressive. So definitely someone to keep your eye on. And then the last player here is Zach Ertz, owned in just under 20% of leagues, and he only had one reception here in week five, so just terrible, terrible performance. But he's averaging seven targets per game in his last three contests. He was targeted a fair amount here in week five. He really just didn't capitalize it here in this game, but I do like to see that the opportunity is there. Now let's move on to the final position here, and it's going to be the defenses. And at this point in the season on the waiver wire, you're just not gonna find a lot of good overall defenses. You're more just gonna be looking for those solid matchups. And the first one here is going to be the Cowboys traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. They're owned in 34.9% of leagues. And really this Cowboys unit has been very impressive. They've been very opportunistic when it comes to takeaways. And this New England Patriots offense is not really anything special. So I do like them as a stream this week. The next team here is the Colts owned in 44.2% of leagues, just a solid overall defense, and they are playing against the Texans. I know the Texans look good here in week five. I just don't think they can continue on this. I mean, remember just a week ago, Davis Mills threw for under 100 passing yards and four interceptions. Then it's the Bengals owned in 18.1% of leagues, and they are traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Another pretty solid matchup there. Then it's the Vikings, owned in 21.2% of leagues. As a whole, their defense has been fairly solid in terms of fantasy. You know, they really haven't killed you. They've been scoring positive points every week, which is something you can't say about all of these defenses. They're traveling to Carolina. If McCaffrey's back, this is probably a little bit more risky, but we did see that Panthers offense struggle today against the Eagles. The last team here is the Dolphins, owned in 18.2% of leagues, coming off of just getting absolutely torched by Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. But here's the thing, they're going to Jacksonville. I know the Jaguars have looked improved as of late, and they probably are better, but they still are a team that will commit turnover-worthy plays, and hopefully the Dolphins can capitalize on that if you are trying to stream them this week. But that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. If you guys enjoyed this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. And then also stay tuned today, I'm gonna to be posting my buy low and sell high videos. So look out for that. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you for all the support and I'll see you next time.